so it's been a little while since the last race in Paris, California, and I'm uh, having a little bit of uh, motorcycle racing withdrawal, so I decided to head on down to Savannah, Georgia, just to watch as a fan. It's the last race there, supposedly, as the track is a half mile, so I wanted to go down there and check it out, go down there not working, and uh, enjoy some motorcycle racing, and along the way, I went on down to Florida and, and uh, hooked up with a friend of mine and, and uh, made some phone calls to my uh, flat track family. Hello? Hello. 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 I'm very passionate about this sport and so are these riders and so are the teams and so are the mechanics and everybody has a story and and during this off season I'm going to spend some time and I'm going to reach out to them just to see what's been going on since the off season maybe what they have planned for 2018 uh, maybe recap the, the 2017 season a little bit I hope you have as much fun listening as I did making it sit back and enjoy Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler One of the conversations I was looking forward to the most in this little project is talking to Oliver Brindley. Uh, I like pointing out to people where riders are from whenever I introduce them. And this rider always gets the long distance award because he's from Doncaster, England. Uh, that's a long ways away. He made a decision at a young age to come over here and race in the United States. And he was courteous enough to give us a few moments out of his day to talk to us over here and get to know Oliver Brindley. Oliver, how are you doing, bud? I'm pretty good. Let's get to know Oliver Brindley. I mean, you're from England, so you know we typically know all the AFT riders here because we've watched them grow up. Uh, we've seen you come over here a few times and race some amateur nationals, so let's just dive into it. Where where were you born at, Oliver? Uh, in a village called Tickhill. lived there for a year, and then uh, I'm living in a place called Bawtry right now, which is, you know, that we, we moved there after a year, and uh, here we are now, so... So when, whenever I say you're, where you're from, when we're doing the races, I always say Doncaster. Is that like a county, or would you con- is that considered um, like a state? No, it's more like a town. Okay. We're, where I'm living right now, where, when I say Bawtree, that we call it a village. Okay. So <laughs> you know, places aren't quite as big as what they are in America, so. That's awesome. Uh, so how old are you, Oliver? 18, well, Eight. 19, 20th of November, so I'm okay. going to be 19 soon. Okay, so... Are you out of school? Do you have a full-time job? What goes on on normal when it's not race season? What happens normally over there for you? So uh, I've got back, and my dad runs a um, machine engineering firm, small a small company, and uh, I'm the apprentice there when I'm back home. So <laughs> I work with my dad, and uh, yeah, that's it really. And I go to college one one day a week, and uh, it just works the best for my racing and stuff. That's the best way to go, really. What are you studying in, in college? Uh, so it's on the side of the engineering. It's it's math, mechanical principles is what we call it, and uh, just about engineering, really, materials and stuff like that. So it's interesting. I got you. So you, you, you're already out of high school, and then so college, when you're, it, when you're back in England, how long is college? Like college to get a degree over here is, is four years. Is it is it relatable over there? Is it similar? Um. To be honest, on this course that I'm doing, it depends how fast you do it. You can you can actually do it fast, but okay. with me being away so so much this year, you know, <laughs> it gets kind of difficult. <laughs> yeah, I understand that. It's uh, pretty impressive that uh, you just packed up your things and, and pretty much moved over here for the entire season. So before we dive into 2017, let's talk about you know when when did you start racing or when did you even ride and when did you see a motorcycle? When did you start riding motorcycles? Um, 
Well, to be honest, I've grown up around motorcycles, and uh, there's no real first memory of seeing one. It's it's just been there. Uh, my dad raced uh, sidecars, actually, but the, the, my whole family have been into motorcycles, and um, I mean, my racing hero as a child was Valentino Rossi. Oh, that's and awesome! Started started riding at five years old, racing at eight. Okay. Uh, at a place called Mablethorpe Beach. So. <laughs> was was that flat track, or was there? Did you do other forms of motorcycle racing? So initial, you know, initial days when I first started riding, it had been, you know, I w- we had a little track at a friend's house nearby, and then uh, my first racing was on the beach. I went racing there uh, about a week ago, uh, still, <laughs> and uh, just put some cones out in an oval and go racing for the day. So, so racing on the beach is that? So is it is it flat track on the beach? So it's a real sandy type surface. Is it different than what we have over here? Um, yeah, it's deep, but uh, sometimes sometimes it can be very similar to a rough cushion half mile. Okay, that's what I can relate it to. That's, so <laughs> that's neat. Race on motocross bikes. So you race motocross bikes, but you'd kind of do flat track. So you, you have knobby tires in a little bit different than what we have over here yeah. as well. Yeah, same. You know, it's flat track on motocross bikes, basically. So okay, yeah. so so you you said your dad was a sidecar motorcycle racer. Did was he the was he the monkey, the one that was on the side, or was he the one piloting the motorcycle? He was the driver, the pilot. Um, okay, he did. He he was racing at Grand Prix levels, top top five in the uh, mid nineties. Wow. So he's like, so, a, is he a celebrity over there, like Valentino Rossi or something, or? Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say a celebrity, but so maybe you know he was he was known back in his day. So you know we've got a bit of a history of racing. So does that make for some big shoes for you to fill, or do you have any pressure from that, or does that bother you at all? Um, no. To be honest with you, my dad's always been you know relaxed about how I feel about racing, and he he knows that you know we're, we're taking it serious now, and he's let me get on with that. If I wasn't serious at a younger age, then we probably wouldn't be doing what we're doing. But, you know, we're, we're putting the time and, you know, effort into giving it the best shot we've got. And uh, that that's where we are. We, we want to come and do well at a high level. I think your dad told us that, that when you get off the bike at, at every race, every racetrack, you know, you jump off the bike, you don't go and and just sit and think about things. You go and make notes. You're you're very meticulous on things. Is is that true? And and where, how did you start doing that? Did, did somebody tell you to do that? Or you know, walk us through that a little bit. Well, to be honest, that started when a man named um, Paul Mansell. He was actually helping me this year. He he did a few rounds with me, just me and him in the truck. Well, earlier on, you know, in my career, when I first started racing 450s, uh, Paul was helping me and he started making notes for me and you know i started to realize how much it you know how valuable that was and you know he told he told me to carry on with it so i've taken over the book <laughs> every racetrack every time i ride it yeah i mean sometimes i maybe go over the top with it but it makes me feel better so <laughs> yeah it, I, I i love it it, it kind of clears your mind a little bit you write down what happened and then when you know when you go back to that track i i, I assume you're coming back next year uh, but when you come back to those tracks, you already have some good notes of what happened in practice, what happened in qualifying, and 
and the heat races yeah. and so forth. So it's it's got to be really good information that you can rely on for next year. Is that correct? Yeah, definitely. And I know I can turn up at a track with a little bit better setup straight away. Yeah. Um, you know, so and just just understanding of how how the track changed like around the day that's going to be helpful next year. So you came over here a couple times as an amateur. I, I'm pretty sure I announced you racing at the uh, you know the dirt track grand championships. A lot of people call those the amateur nationals. Um, how how did you want to and and why? What inspired you to come over here and race the amateur nationals? And then to carry that further, why did you want to come over here and race 2017 in the United States? So when I was um, racing the 85s over here before, you know, like I, I would follow the pro flat track series um when i was back home um when i was what what was i probably 12 12 years old and i'd follow the pro stuff and i was uh was racing 85 at quite a good fast pace at the time and me and my dad were talking and we wanted to go further we wanted to you know see how fast these american kids were so we actually planned to make a trip to the Dirt Grand Championships in 2012 <clears throat> and um, come out pretty successful. So, uh, but, you know, and we carried it on and we, we, we tried to return every year and um, until we realized that I was, you know, I could make it and be, a, you know, go at a decent level. So we're going to keep, keep trying to move on and get faster. So with, without getting into a lot of detail, when, when you raced the amateur nationals, when you came over here as, as a kid on 85, did you, uh, did you have a bike shipped over here? Did you have one that you rode over here? I mean, we'll get into the pro series too, but uh, you know, I, I'm curious of how does that work out? We were, we were looking on the vintage flat track of the website, and uh, we found an 85 that, that, that showed up, and it was uh, owned by a man named uh, Mike Cisco, and so we, we just... We actually bought it for the week, used it, and uh, sold it when we were done. That's and that's how it worked. We, you know, it was simple. It was there when we got there, and so did, did you that's bring? How we did it. Did you bring any motorcycle parts with you when you came over? Like, if you had suspension that worked good for you over there, did you bring any stuff like that, or did did you just come over and ride what what we had over here? Yeah, well, we actually. <laughs> it's a funny story. We so. I mean, I'd, we just brought the kit, my kit bag, nothing else. Uh, the bike was there; it was what it was, and uh, we didn't actually change us. We didn't change anything on the bike all week. <laughs> we, so you, you, you we, just we jumped on. We didn't even change a sprocket. It was like <laughs> funny. <laughs> That's crazy. So, so now let's talk about coming over here into the pro ranks for you know for 2017. You know, you, you raced the Super Prestigio last year. You, you decide to come over here and race. You know, for for the entire season 2017. You had a motorhome in the front, the garage yeah. in the back. So, did you buy that as well, or do you, do you just rent that from <clears throat> yeah, somebody or borrow it? We've, or? Uh, we, you know, we invested in the right gear to do it for a season, and we worked out it was it was uh, more affordable for us to buy an RV. Uh, rather than you know paying for hotels every week so or every day even because I didn't have a location so we we bought an RV and um, it's for sale right now uh, just letting people out there know right um, so we we're gonna sell that and try and buy another for next year so yeah that's what we did that's, this year 
That's awesome. And then let's talk about the bikes again. I know your, your sponsor is uh, Kawasaki UK. So do you ship a bike over now or did you just have one? Did you buy one, have one over here for the whole year? So uh, what was it? Vegas, the the short track, uh, the the season finale, the few years ago, we, um, we shipped a bike over for that particular event and uh, we we did the we did the race and then our plan was to take it to Daytona but the bike broke and you know I was riding other bikes at the start of 2016 so um, but this year we we wanted to secure something faster fast bikes we bought Brian Smith's uh, Kawasaki from the the year before and uh, that's what I was riding this year so I had a you know I had a good bike under me it was just uh, collecting the knowledge that's good stuff so you brought up brian smith a little bit does brian smith help you during the season i mean it's his old motorcycle does does he help you with setup or is there a rider out there that you can go to and ask questions um it's it's, it's difficult when everyone's at the racetrack and doing their own thing so he he threw a few things in to help me um like extra sprockets and stuff just to help out for the year you know which is good of him, and but to be honest with you, um, I've always gone and seen Ben Evans for a bit of advice, and and a uh, few other people. You know, there's a, there's a lot of guys out there that have got you know very uh, useful knowledge that helps me on the day just realize if I'm doing right or wrong. So yeah, Ben Evans is definitely a guy that I've I've been to see before. Yeah, it's def- so. it's nice to have somebody like that. You know that you can bounce things off of. I know. I know a lot of tracks here are different. I know the the setups here are different. You know, different size uh, rims and tires. So it's it's good to have somebody that's raced here before that you can bounce things off of. So uh, what yeah. have, what have you been doing since the last race of the year in Paris? So I got back and you know it was nice to to see the family. So we had a bit of a, a family barbecue and some uh, friends and family come round and then. But I've been I've been riding at least once a week, sometimes twice a week. So I've not really made made that much of a break of it. But I've just been having fun, just you know, riding CRF hundreds and stuff like that, just playing about, um, and training quite a bit and stuff. So you know. <laughs> all right, let's dive into 2017 season. I've got Oliver Brinley on the phone right now, and. We'll start at Daytona. So Daytona International Speedway is the first time we were ever inside the big speedway, uh, a TT track. You come away with a fifth place finish. Talk about your day. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a unique track, and it was a difficult form of racing. It was uh, the tight corners made it real close on the brakes. So um, I started off steady, and I knew what I had to do to get to the main event, and I just made it enough <laughs> every time i was out on the track i just made it through the through each uh, qualifying stage and uh found myself in the main event on the very back row uh, which you know on a track like that you wouldn't expect to do quite so well but you know i just made it happen them first few laps and tried some different lines and I, it seemed to work just managed to get a clear run yeah, fifth so, place. You had to have been pretty happy with the fifth place finish coming out of the season opener. Um, before we move off of Daytona, we're going back there next year. What kind of changes or or what would you say would make that better for the for the riders and maybe for the fans? Would you change anything on that racetrack? I I personally I thought they did a wonderful job because they had to move that all in there with you know 
with two days, and I thought the dirt held together real good, but uh, you know, I think there could be a few things that could make it better racing. Would you change anything about the Daytona TT? Um, yeah, I would actually. I'd I'd make one of the corners a little bit more different, uh, maybe a, a wider corner or you know a different shape. I don't know, just just somewhere for more passing opportunity, maybe. I'd or just you know swap the track up a little bit, uh, a chicane down the back straight rather than the you know the, oh I mean the front straight rather than the back or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I mean, was, there's a lot of different options they could they could uh, take. But. Yeah, I'm sure Chris Carr's uh, got something in mind. But I I thought you know my my thinking you know I didn't get to race. I don't I don't race anymore because I'm old and slow. But uh, you know throw it you know that long the the straightaway after the jump. You know when you get down to the end, maybe make that a banked corner or something. Maybe so there like you said, so yeah. there's more lines. I think that'd be something kind of cool. But you never know. Yeah. Chris Chris Carr will do something crazy for us. So we we leave Daytona. We go to another brand new track. We'll. All these are brand new tracks for you, but uh, we go to Atlanta, 14th place finish. Uh, we go to Charlotte, a 10th, 13th at Arizona. So you're kind of you kind of faded back a little bit, and then we get into a, 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 what it looks like a, a tough little streak for you. So I don't mean to bring up the bad because I'm certainly impressed at how well you did this year. But uh, this this part of the season looked like you struggled a little bit. So 18th at Sacramento, and then we go to Springfield. And uh, and we also yeah Springfield you have it you didn't make the main event can you do you remember what happened that day? The the first three were acceptable like Atlanta and Charlotte they were they were my first uh, you know big races on on a bigger clay like uh, ovals so it that took a lot of uh, getting into and it was it was difficult to start with you know the competition and stuff. Um, uh, I'd obviously done my first two miles, which were uh, were tough for me to get back into. And um, but Springfield, I was actually doing pretty good there, and like my race pace was great. And I just, to be honest with you, I, I come off the back row in my semi, and I made it up to sixth place. And on the very last lap, I, I ride it sort of run me out, and I I went down and. Uh, it ended my night, so that was a frustrating race because I knew I could have done well there, which was, you know, hard. But yeah, Spring- Springfield's a tough track. They're so close racing, and, and the action's really tight. So, uh, you know, Springfield was was you know I can understand when you don't qualify for a race like that. The action's right there, and it's so tight, and there's bar banging going on. So let's go to the Red Mile. So you said you haven't raced very many miles before. So we go to Lexington, Kentucky, another new track for everybody, which I think that helps you out a little bit. But uh, you have another did not qualify. So what happened that day? I was actually I was going well in uh, practicing qualifying, and I just uh, maybe pushed my luck a little bit, and I I was coming in behind China in a qualifying session and it was a place where I mean a lot of people went down in in one particular corner that day and uh, it just happened to me I I run it off the groove just blew the groove and didn't really have anywhere to go so I laid it down and went into the air fence and twisted my ankle and uh, I sprained my ankle pretty badly to be honest and uh, you know it didn't didn't go well from there I was I wouldn't, you know, my head, my mindset went right. I was just, you know, it, it was a tough day. Yeah. So. 
it's definitely tough when you're injured and and it was your left ankle i believe i remember talking to you after the race and your your ankle was it was huge it looked like it was broken to me i, I you know and sometimes the brakes a little bit better than the sprain because the sprain takes forever yeah, to heal right yeah. well yeah it was it, it was bad <laughs> yeah i was struggling but yeah so yeah the reason i i couldn't make my semi was as i didn't even set off um the bike stalled and uh, i had to start it up and it was just awful yeah you could so you know yeah hard to kick start a bike when you have a, a broken or a sprained ankle and you're trying to kick start a 450 that's for sure so yeah some ba- exactly so, so yeah. they didn't you know i didn't i didn't make it out for my semi it was simple as that i got you. i was out on the start line and no one no one to help so okay you know so yeah just a little bit of bad luck there so oklahoma city uh you know a, a horse track a little bit deeper you know style racetrack you have 13th place finish lima uh, you know, probably the, the most unique racetrack on the circuit. You got 11th, a nice cushion track. Uh, Central New York, yep. you got a 9th. Calistoga, an 11th. You, you got anything you want to talk about on any of those before we, we jump into the Buffalo chip? Um, I mean, Oklahoma and Lima were good, fun, deep, rough. You know, it was, <laughs> it was a tough, they were both t- tough tracks. And I just, you know, I, was, I give it my best, but I'm definitely going to be stronger when I return to these events. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, New York. I was. I felt good. I felt really good that night. I just uh, just didn't make it happen. Them first few laps in the main, and that's where it's, that's where the race is made. Really. Yep. Yep. But, yeah. On a, on a tight tight track like that, it you know the groove was really small. It's definitely hard to pass. So a ninth place finish in New York's pretty good. Calistoga, similar style racetrack. You know, clay oval, eleventh place finish, and then uh, we get to the Buffalo Chip, and and that was a brand new event. We've got you know thousands of people all around us. Talk about the day and talk about how cool the experience was of racing in front of that many fans and and you know they're inches away from the racetrack. Yeah, it was that was definitely a highlight for as a rider, you know, for the season um, to to race in you know such a in front of such a big crowd and uh, you know such a, a unique event. Like <laughs> not often you get to race anywhere like that, and uh, the track was you know. It was set out well, I thought, but it was, it was a tough racing track. You know, there's always someone under 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 your inside, which made it tough. But um, yeah, definitely a good one in the middle of Sturgis Bike Week, which was cool. Yeah, have you ever been to the Sturgis Bike Week before? No, that was my first time. So, <laughs> did you did you have any fun besides the racing, or did did you just uh, focus on your racing efforts? I know there was a lot of racing going on at Sturgis Bike Week, you know, and and I don't know if you ever got downtown Sturgis or or got to hang out with any of the bikers and stuff like that. But there's always something going on out there. Yeah, so I, I yeah I raced uh, I raced a few smaller races around around uh, the Buffalo Chip and. After after a half mile, I actually walked down into the center just to see what it was all about, and it was pretty crazy. Yeah, Did, <laughs> I didn't spend a whole lot of time out there. Yeah, it, it's hard. I know as a rider going to Sturgis, you know, you, you could you could race you know four or five days in a row, so it's it's hard to stay focused and stay away from downtown. But uh, it's definitely a happening. So you didn't qualify it at the Buffalo Chip, but then we go to a, a track just down the road, only two days apart, the Black Hill Speed, where you got a ninth place finish there, and I think that was probably the the raciest, you know, half mile we had with uh, you know a lot of different lines and and a ninth place finish there. Did did you have fun at that track? Uh, yeah, I, I loved I loved that track, Black Hills. It was uh, you know, it it was nice to be able to pass people cleanly and you know there was always 
somewhere you could go on the racetrack, even if you made a mistake, which was which was cool. Um, I felt like I could have done better there. I just uh, just didn't get stuck in straight away like I like I did in uh, New York, to be honest. Uh, and uh, I lost a position on the last lap as well. But yeah, we, me and my dad were happy with that event. The bike was set up good, and it was you know it was working good. So. Yeah, ninth place finish is, is, is really good at, at the Grand National level for sure. So we, we leave there. We go to Peoria, uh, another another not qualify. So what happened at Peoria? And, and had you raced there before? Because uh, I know sometimes as an amateur you get to race at some of those tracks. But uh, did you have you raced before at Peoria before they changed up the racetrack? No, I'd never raced Peoria. and uh, I've watched videos of there for years, but it was that was to be honest my my poorest uh, poorest ride of the year and it, i think it was just you know it was so different for me uh, you know i'd never ridden anything like it to be honest but uh, i was i was struggling all day i just you know i didn't feel too good on the bike and was uh, struggling for traction off both corners like a little bit wary over the jumps and i don't mind jumping it was just you know it's it was fast so yeah, it was it was yeah. it was really fast, but I thought I thought what Peoria Motorcycle did, did to the track was very safe. You know, you had two jumps where you kind of had slowed down a little bit instead of that one great big jump. So, um, yeah, I, I thought it was good. You know, good racing. Um, what kind of changes would you make before you go back next year? Uh, so this year I was running two different types of suspension for different tracks, and I'd choose before I went to the track. So I had. A stiffer, you know, a stiffer setup for the for uh, some tracks, and then I had like for my short track setup, I'd have it a bit softer and stuff. I'd definitely run the softer stuff and maybe go in with a bit more uh, motocross practicing before and stuff, just to get back into jumping. Sometimes it can be a bit of a break before you, you know, you get to take off. So um, I'd be. I'd be training a little bit for that one. Okay. In the motocross uh, cross training. Do you have any uh, TT tracks over there in England where you ride, or or is that something that's you know a little bit different yeah, over here? We do, and uh, I don't always ride there, but um, on the TT anyway, Greenfield Dirt Track, which a few may have heard of. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's it's on a farm not far from me, so I I'll be going there at the weekend actually. Okay. And not. Not to race the TT, but um, I'm gonna do a bit of motocross and stuff. So that's what I'll be doing. That's good. Get uh, get you some repetition and, and and using the front brake would definitely help. I think on a TT track like Daytona, you know, like yep. the Buffalo Chip, definitely. and especially like Peoria. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk about definitely. the Springfield Two, which is a short track for you guys on the singles. Uh, I I think a sixth place finish is, is a strong finish for you there. Did did you like that racetrack and and why did you do so well there? Uh, so yeah, Springfield Short Track is, uh, you know, similar size track, uh, race track to what we race on over in uh, over here uh, with the DTRA. I love that track. It was, uh, it was nice to, to have a short track where you could run everywhere, and you know there'd be grip. It was racy. It was bar banging. It was it was good fun, and I had a good night. I got the bike set up good, and you know it was, I felt I felt pretty comfortable. Uh, you know, being what I've grown up on, doing that 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 type of thing. So it was, yeah, I had a good day there. 
and we've ra- you've raced there before at the Amateur Nationals. I believe that's where I, I first met you and first announced you racing. So that had to be, you know, it has to feel good to go back to a racetrack where you've raced at before. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And I did, I did pretty good there as an amateur, so, yeah, it was definitely a, a stronger race meeting for me. Good stuff. So we we left the Springfield race. We go to Williams Grove, a 12th place finish, Texas, a 7th, and you finished off the year with the 6th. So you had a, a nice closeout to the, to the 2017 season. I, I'm very impressed. You know, your first first full year over here, and you finished ninth in the point standings. Yeah. If it weren't for that the, the bad spell, at the, like near the start of the season, I, I'd maybe be a little bit higher, well, at least challenged and for a better position in the championship. But I mean, to be honest, me and my dad agreed that a top 10 for the first year would be, you know, uh, pretty good. You know, we'd be happy with that. So we feel like we've done pretty good for ourselves. And uh, I'll be looking to, you know, get a better position for next year. I'll be looking at getting some podiums. And that's what my plan is anyway. I'm hungry for that podium. That's awesome. I, I know I know you've got the talent to get up there, and I think having one full year of experience under your belt with you know racing against the, our, our guys, uh, racing our tracks for the very first time, I think it you know again very impressive for a ninth. I'm looking for good things for next year uh, in Calistoga. I think to, I I talked to somebody on your team, and and you had just got your work visa, so you were able to stay the rest of the year. Uh, is that something that's hard to do? I've never, I've never tried to go overseas and, and, and do something like that. So uh, you get a work visa. Have you already worked on that for 2018, and are you coming back next year? Yes, my, my visa actually covers quite a few years, so I'm, I'm set for that already. Uh, the only thing that we've got to really work for for next year is the, the sponsorship that we're, we're trying to pull together. And we're still wondering where we're going to go with teams and et cetera. So, um, you know, we're, we we want to make a decision before Christmas, ideally, to what we want to do. But I'm, I'm still seeking, a, a, you know, sponsorship for the financial side of things to try and, try and uh, cover the fuel expenses, et cetera. So. Are, are you talking to teams that are over here? Have you, have you reached out and, and tried to find a ride with a, a current team over here? Or are you working on, you know, sponsors over there to bring over to us or – you know, I mean, I know there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the off season. So, what what have you been doing to to secure a ride or to secure something like that? You know, I, I've been talking to a few different people, but we're still wondering whether we do, uh, whether you know, we run our own team and uh, but try and get some American backing. If you if you understand, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be, you know, getting a proper mechanic and someone to be there that that understands the sport a little bit better. That, you know, a, an American mechanic for next year. That's that's my plan anyway. So yeah, if if you don't end up on uh, on an American, you know, a team that has an opening or something like that, I, I think uh, having an American mechanic that's been over here and and can help you out a little. bit, I truly believe you're a title contender for 2018. Uh, definitely good stuff. Let's talk about uh, uh, what are you going to do in the off season to improve to uh, get ready for 2018. It definitely be riding a little bit more. Uh, I'm. I'm going to keep riding as much as I can. My my fitness is pretty good at the minute, but I, you know I'm going to be keep, going to keep working at that side of things and try and get as fit as I can, ready for Daytona. And uh, I'd say just getting the bike, or at least getting a deal set where I know I'm going to be on good machinery. That's definitely going to be key to to doing well in an AFT series. 
So, right on. There's a lot of different factors I can work with. Okay, as long yeah, you know, I, I figured you'd have you know something you're working on as as meticulous you are with your notes and and all that stuff. So I, I figured I had you had a few things you'd be working on. So let's talk about the Super Prestigio a little bit. You raced in Spain last year, and I saw uh, I think social media you already you already got the invite to go back this year. Uh, that is a huge event. I I was lucky enough to go last year and and. Man, what a what a cool event! Um, is it more prestige to go over there and win, or are you going over there to win a paycheck? Um, I'd say it's a little bit of both, but it's mainly for you know, for me as a as a flat tracker in Europe. If I if I do well at that event, it's huge for my for my uh, you know personal account. Uh, It'll be all over the newspapers, everything. So, you know, it's it's a big deal if I do well there. So it, it is a, it is a huge deal because that's the best riders in the world. And if you can go over there and beat them, or you know, even get on the podium, Oliver, I I think that'd be great. Uh, you know, for your career and to put on your resume and, and definitely help you get sponsors for 2018. Yeah. We we've got so many questions to ask. You know, on the phone we've got Oliver Brindley from Doncaster, England, and you got to go all across the United States this year. You know, in in the RV, so you got to see a lot of things and do a lot of different uh, a lot of different things that you probably never done before. Probably, you know, memories that you'll have for the rest of your life. What is what's one thing that stuck out to you as you traveled across the United States? Um, I'll be honest. The the nicest place I've been was uh, Lake Tahoe. Uh, in North California, uh, and the whole family were with me. So you know, it was it was it was nice. They were on vacation, but coming racing with me. So it was nice to have all those, them here, and you know, we yeah. had a good time up there. That's awesome. I, I I've never spent any time up there. I've I've flown over it, and it looks beautiful from from, from the sky. So I'm I'm sure I better I better check that off my bucket list before I get too much older myself. Um, <laughs> you didn't only race the Grand Nationals, which I thought was good too. You raced a lot of you know Steve Nace All Star National Flat Track Series races. You raced some other outlaw races. Uh, any of those stick out? Um. Yeah. I mean, I've I've raced a lot this year, and I I had a lot of fun. West, oh, I had a lot of fun at all of the races, to be honest with you. But uh, I liked Sturgis Bike Week. That was with the half miles there and stuff. Uh, Sturgis Half Mile, I had a real good time there. That was good fun. And and uh, Sioux Falls, TT and Short Track, that was fun. Yeah, that that's yeah. actually Sioux Falls is where I was from, and my dad actually built that short track years and years and years ago. It's changed. <laughs> it's changed a lot throughout the years. But that was the TT track going when you were there too. You said. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a short track and TT night, so we had to swap from breaks between heats. <laughs> right, which that's a challenge in itself, you know, especially if you don't have a lot of help in your corner. But uh, the TT track, the last time I was there, had two different lines through the infield. Was it still set up that way? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and one of the the, uh, the main back corner was on a bank and up the hill. Yeah, it, yeah, that's a fun track. It's a fast track. It reminds me of a lot of natural terrain stuff. You know, like RTT tracks are, you know, they're cut out. They're, you know, purposely built. And, and that one just yeah. seems like it's got some purposely built features, but then it's got some natural terrain too. Did did you did you have a successful night there? Uh, well, to be honest with you, I got I got taken down, and then I was I hurt my. Uh, my bum bone a little bit so so it went it went a great night of racing but it, the, the track itself was awesome yeah so. it, was, 
it was really fun. Did you have a, did you, I think you, you won a few races out there at the Sturgis half mile, right? Yeah, yeah, I did, I did pretty good at the Sturgis half mile. I paired in both both my uh, classes, so all right, that was pretty fun. That's good stuff. I I uh, I can't imagine, you know, I, I I just can't imagine packing up, you know, my my gear bag and, and a suitcase and just going over to another country to stay there for you know ten months or eight months or however long it was. But uh, much respect for you for doing that. I, I, again, I want to ask this one more time: Why would you want to pack up all your things and come over here and race with the Americans for a full season? Uh. It's been my dream, I suppose. Uh, but you know, it, it, it's a dream that's turned into something that I want to achieve. So uh, I'm going to be wanting to come and get some decent results. And all my life, I've wanted to be. You know, I've, I've always said that uh, my dream's to be a professional motorbike racer. So that's what I'm trying to do. So you know, to do that, I met a lot of good people, which makes it all that more worthwhile. And it's you know brilliant yeah i love it i love it so you said growing up your your hero is valentino rossi do you have a, a flat track hero um yeah i would i would say chris carr to be honest with you <laughs> because when i was when i was a kid racing 65 and 85s and stuff and uh he come he come to the uk to race a short track and i've never seen you know it was the first time i've seen someone go really fast on a on a 450 and it, it like you know it shone to me quite a bit and i followed him ever since and realized how you know how special he was on a bike so yeah, yeah. you know it, it's it's really neat too. yeah it's, it's really neat and, and you know what i found out throughout the years i've been i've been in flat track for 45 years my entire life and and it's cool that that you can just walk up and talk to any of them and, and especially Chris Carr, you know, he's got, uh, I've talked to him specifically about you and he's got a lot of respect for you for doing what you're doing. And, and I like that, you know, you, if you had a question about anything, you can just walk up to him and, and he will tell you an answer in, and, and, you know, unless he's busy and tied up in something that, you know, w- where he's working, uh, Chris will, Chris will help you out. And I think that's, you know, that just shows what a, a gentleman he is. Yeah. I, I forgot to say also, after watching uh, on any Sunday since I was a kid, I'd say Jim Rice and Matt Law or Law will also yeah. uh, stood out to me quite a bit. That <laughs> uh, yeah, that movie that, that movie inspired so many uh, American American kids to be flat trackers. You know, I, I've always I, I watched it. I still watch it, and and it it's so cool how they you know they track the whole season, kind of like what we just did. We we went through it, you know, uh, verbally just going through race by race with you, but they went through it, you know. With the video cameras and and the narrative, it was really cool. So uh, I like that that uh, that you brought that up. That's good stuff. Uh, we're gonna wrap this up. Uh, um, I haven't I, I haven't done this with anybody else, but you know we got you on the call. Uh, we haven't had you on the podium this year, so you want to say thanks to anybody? Uh, huge thanks to my mom and dad, family, even back home, and uh, uh, I've. I've got a lot, quite a few personal sponsors that that have you know helped me out this year, like um, KW Racewear, RI America's uh, Light Shoe, and One Five One's Cameron, uh, Deus X Machina, and there's a lot of guys. My my uncle Michael and my uh, all, all the Hayes, they've they've done a lot for me. So um, David Batty and uh, the DTRA Greenfield Dirt Track. There's a lot of people have, you know, made made this happen this year. So that's awesome. 
yeah, it's been it's been special. So how about how about we make a deal right now? So I don't I don't make this deal with just anybody. Actually, I've only made it with one rider. Uh, and that right. was that was Briar Bauman. I made a deal with him way back in 2012 or 2013 that when uh, he made his first when he won his first Twins main event, I would be the one to interview him. So um, how about when you get on the podium for the very first time, and I'm expecting that really soon? How about we got a deal where I've got to come down and interview you? Yeah, that, that's a pretty good deal. We'll do that. And then also, I want to be the one to interview you when you when you first Grand National. How's that? That sounds good. All right, Oliver. Hey, man, we appreciate the time. It's Oliver Brindley from Doncaster, England. Keep your eyes out for this young kid because he is going places. Uh, Look for him to be running up front in 2018.